Are you waiting for everything to be perfect before you decide to enjoy life? Stop waiting. Start living. Welcome to Life in 22 Minutes with Scott and Becky McIntosh, where you will hear inspiring stories from imperfect people living life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love, despite challenging circumstances to bring hope to your heart and a smile to your face in only 22 minutes. Now, let's welcome the host of the show, Scott and Becky McIntosh. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to another episode of Life in 22 Minutes, where we hope to lift and inspire and make you smile in only 22 minutes. Today's episode, episode 12, uh, we have a special guest. Uh, He's a good friend of mine who has inspired and lifted millions of people. Anyway, to right now, we bring you Emmanuel Kelly. Hola. (laughs) Hey, Scott. Hey, Becky. How are you guys? We're doing great. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. You know, I want to give a little bit of a background. I first heard of you, Emmanuel, back in 2011 when your X Factor video was being shared on Facebook and went viral. I was so touched by your story and your contagious smile and your beautiful voice. And at at the time, I was working for author-speaker Kevin Hall, and we were preparing for an upcoming event that we were putting on in Coronado Island, California. And Kevin wanted Emmanuel there to sing, speak, and inspire our guests. And he gave me the assignment to track him down so we could make this happen. So I did. And we brought Emmanuel to the USA for his very first time. And we connected with him there and have stayed in close touch and have become his home away from home. Yep, so I got to hang out with him. We did uh, handstand contests and, and all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah, you did win because <laughs> I can't win. do it. So we've done uh, free throw shots where you've shot my bow and arrow. Uh, you've yeah, hung out fun. and you lived with us uh, off and on for months at a time and we've I had did. a great time. Good friendships have, uh, have arrived because of that. So let's let's just start off here. Uh, I know a little bit about this, but I don't think other people do. Were you, were you born and raised in Australia? No. So uh, I was found in a box in a park, in a, uh, in a shoebox in Iraq. Um, and uh, then I was during war without a birth certificate, passport or anything like that. And then I was taken to an orphanage, dropped off at the door, and uh, nuns looked after me for about six to seven years. And, uh, and at that time, of course, I didn't know how, you know how old I was or anything like that. So... I didn't really get a sort of an identity until that time. Nuns made up a name and things like that, but I didn't really get an identity. And then a woman named Moira Kelly discovered and found myself and, and my brother, who isn't my biological brother, but he uh, he's our bond is stronger than ever. And we, we, uh, we were in the orphanage together and she found both of us. And she came to the orphanage and took us out for a whole day and things like that. And then um, at the end of the day, my brother turned around and asked her if she could help us. And I remember my brother saying to mum, well, if you, or Moira, now mum, if you can't uh, help Emmanuel and I, take Emmanuel and then maybe come back to me another day. And that was a very powerful statement, made her very determined to get both of us to Australia. And so it took about two years and then she got us both to Australia, which was an incredible uh, opportunity. And we originally came out for surgery and then was raised there, went to school, did all that sort of stuff. And today I am living in the U.S., signed to a record label, and doing some pretty awesome stuff. That is phenomenal. And so Moira Kelly, she has a foundation. She doesn't just, uh, she just on her own didn't just go looking for kids in Iraq. 
Well, at the time, she didn't have a foundation. So at that time, she was a lone ranger, a, a, a um, just a, a woman who was determined to help children. And so, um, you know, she did it in, in Romania. It, you know, she was heading up an AIDS program, which eradicated AIDS essentially in Romania, which is incredible. So she headed up programs there in, in Bosnia, in Serbia, in Albania, in in. Asia and New York, um, you know, so she, she did things everywhere and uh, India. And, and one of the things that she used to do was, was after a while, sort of traveling and things like that, she sort of base herself in a, in a location for a good time and, and try and get kids out for, for surgery and things like that to different countries. And uh, at the time she was, when she visited my brother and I, she had just taken a group of kids to New York. She then was on her way back home and made a detour into Iraq to, to visit both my brother and I. That was a funny story too, but that's, a, that's probably a story for another day. But that's a, that's a pretty funny story. But yeah, no, she, she was a lone ranger at the time. Um, and she discovered us from, from a, an Albanian nun. So on her own, she's, she, would it be fair to say that she's kind of Mother Teresa-ish? Um, when, when I'm living with her, probably not. I probably bring out the worst of her. Um, but definitely. You, she's you're you're saying that mother Teresa wouldn't have smacked you upside the head, but you've been that. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Mothers are different, aren't they? Mothers are very different, of course. Uh, that's of course, awesome. Yeah. She's a, she's a great lady and she's got a great cause that she's Absolutely. working towards. No, big heart and definitely the modern, modern day mother's razor for sure. Okay. So you left Iraq at a very young age. Uh, did you, do you speak a different language or do you have... Just as this Australian, all you Arabic, which means I speak very little Arabic. Okay. So um, I can say words and I can make a conversation in Arabic, but essentially, no, I, I, I can't speak it fluently. But funny enough, I was in Jordan a couple of years ago and, uh, and I started picking it up. We were there for about two weeks and I was just picking it up like there was no tomorrow. And within a week, you know, people were speaking to me completely and I was understanding every word. I couldn't necessarily speak it back to them, but I was understanding nearly everything they were saying. Um, I don't know if I was just trying to fake it till I make it, but it seemed to have worked. <laughs> Knowing you, I bet you that's what was happening. Yeah, and they just smiled and just, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, yeah, this yeah. wonderful kid. Yeah. <laughs> Emmanuel, I know that you have a motto to dream big uh-huh. and to set goals and don't let anything hold you back. How, how did you develop that, that attitude? I, I think when I was younger in at home, mum used to always teach us how to believe in ourselves and be independent and strive for our own goals and dreams and, and go out there. So I think it was just one of those things that just came into my, you know, my being and, and, and I was raised to think that way. So I, you know, I constantly tried to believe that. And then eventually I, I started having my own dreams and things like that. I think when I was about 12, I kind of had my, you know, first real aspiration and dream. And that was to actually be an actor. Um, according to my school teachers, I was a horrible actor. Singing kind of uh, started to take over at that stage. Mum had me performing at different areas and venues and, and things like that. And I think I performed. I remember one day she took me to a speaking event that she had and didn't tell the organiser. She bought me and then put me on stage and I sang in front of, I don't know, around maybe two and a half thousand people, three thousand people you know, they clapped and cheered. And, and from that day on, I kind of had that dream. Like, i got to dream big here. I gotta, if I want to do this every night, I want to dream big and, and strive for my own goals. But most of all, learn to believe in myself. That was the key. Dream big, 
work hard, never give up, believe, learn to love myself and, uh, and achieve the greatness that I can. So it's, um, you know, it, it's, it's something that I live by hopefully today or I, I try to live by. And I think everyone should too, you know, they, they've got to learn to love themselves before they can do any of those things, you know, so um, if they can learn to love themselves, then believing and dreaming big, it kind of in turn comes with, with that one little quality. I've got a question for you. <clears throat> yes, I'm good looking. Yes, you are. Uh, <laughs> to answer your question. Do you have any disabilities? So uh, for those viewers, the listeners out there, so just to let them know what Scott means, I guess, is I'm missing an arm and uh and a leg and, and and features on my body and things like that but so just some minor, minor things yeah yeah minor things but i want to ask you a question um can you sing not at all so the word disability means you can't do something right it, it, that's the general meaning if you go on the dictionary oh, uh, you, well let, let's let's take that back i, I can sing i can sing all day long yeah just nobody wants to hear it so are you good at singing no uh-huh so you can't really sing not very well no okay so you can't sing well that's the word that's the word so you're vocally disabled there you, you go know, um so i as, as i as so the reason why i brought that up is because everyone's gifts and talents are different and, you know, I may be missing a few small features, but I've made up for other ways, um, like being extremely handsome, you know, being, you know, having... And, hu- and humility hair. is amazing. Humility is, is definitely... <laughs> it's off the chart. <laughs> Thanks, mate. I appreciate it. No, so I, I call it that we're all differently abled and because, you know, some people can do something, the others can't do anything. So I think we're just all differently abled. And, and I think you alluded to the fact that I was setting you up for that. You were. You I, were. I love that coin phrase of differently abled Thanks, which doesn't say we have any limitations no. we, we're just we're just abled in different ways yeah. and and yeah. I, I love that thanks mate yeah and knowing you in in first i i have learned that there is nothing that you can do <clears throat> can't do that you can't do. Nothing I can do? That there is nothing that you cannot do. And I dedicate a whole chapter in my book, My Husband Wears a Short Shorts in This Family. Chapter six is about Emmanuel and his brother Ahmed. His brother... He's got great legs, too. <laughs> he, he, Scott. Your brother or Scott? Oh, Scott with the, with, the, with the short shorts. <laughs> yeah. And your, your brother is a Paralympic swimmer who just competed. He is. He is. No, he, um, so he, so Ahmed started swimming when he was about 14. And, and he, Ahmed he's missing dream. some parts too. He has, yeah. He's a Paralympic swimmer and he had this dream that he wanted to be at the, at the Paralympics and, and he wanted to go and say thank you to Australia for everything that they've done. And it, he had a year to get into the London Olympics and they said, look, Ahmed, we're really, really sorry, but they've pulled out the 100 meter breaststroke, which is your event, you're the world record holder and world champion, and they've pulled that out. And he'd only been swimming for about five years at this stage. So he had to transfer from being a, a, a long-distance endurance swimmer to suddenly being a sprinter, a 50-meter sprinter. And that's not easy, and he had to do it within a year. He just qualified into London. He was actually on the B team, which means... He may not have even swam when he arrived to London unless someone had to pull out in the A-team. And so that's what happened. Someone pulled out for the 50-meter breaststroke. Someone pulled out of the, of, of the A-team. 
because of an injury. Ahmed took that spot, came first in the heats. Everyone was shocked. And then in the finals, came fourth. Um, and from that day on, he's just been swimming and he's, he's ranked until the Chinese took over this year in Brazil. But, you know, Ahmed did an amazing job and, uh, and then he's now off to Japan. He's getting ready for Japan. That's he amazing. that medal, put it that way. That is amazing. So in other words, what you're telling us is Moira Kelly, she looks around for kids who are going to be amazing in life and, <laughs> and be swimmers in the Olympics and maybe try to get on Australian's X Factor and to go have a singing career. She doesn't just find normal people and then inspire what them. What is right? normal, though? That's the question. Well, right? I just say people who are content with life. Or does she only look for people who are wanting to stretch? No, no, no. I think she finds people deliberately um, that she thinks will look amazing on camera. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, so, so it, it might be fair to say that she has helped inspire you too. Oh, absolutely. So, Emmanuel, has life been pretty easy for you? Or have you had some setbacks? And if so, how how do you get through those those setbacks? I don't think life has been, you know, too difficult per se. Um, but at the same time, it has been hard. You know, there's been a lot of challenges here and there. Um, but, you know, I've just learned to sort of live with them and, and, and make do with, with what I can and, and try and step over as many hurdles as I can. I've had a lot of, um, a lot of hurdles for sure, but, you know, you just got to keep stepping over it. And, and I lived in a house that had kids that were constantly, you know, sick or, or struggled um, and were a lot worse than me. And so for me, it was just a matter of realizing every time something got bad, just realizing that there is always someone worse off. Um, to the point that I remember once mum actually, there was a, a kid complaining and I was complaining. And um, every time I complained, she'd come up to me and she'd say, Emmanuel, what are you, what are you crying about? What are you, what are you complaining about? You know, you, you, you have a heart, right? I said, yes. It works, right? Yes. Are you going to live? Yes. Well, then what are you complaining about? I go, I'm sorry, <laughs> mum. She goes, see that boy? Joshua, see him yet? Yes. Well, his heart is failing and he's going to die. <laughs> I'm thinking, mum, that's horrible. And then, um, and she goes, so stop, stop complaining. He's the only one that can really complain. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. You know, he's what much worse. But then when Josh was, uh, when Josh was, you know, complaining and, and frustrated, she'd walk up to him and said, what are you complaining about? What's wrong with you? Do you have hands? Yes. Do you have legs? Yes. Can you walk? Yes. Can you reach things? Yes. Can you feed yourself with a spoon with one hand? Yes. Your hands are both functioning? Yes. Ahmed and Emmanuel, they've got no hands and legs. They can't do anything. At least you have arms and legs. And I'm thinking, Mum, seriously, the kid's got a bad heart. He's going to die in four months if he doesn't get surgery. And you're telling him to stop complaining. So it was, uh, it was one of those things that, um, that, that we kind of just learned how to sort of, you know, learn from, from, from our mistakes. But most of all, just realize that every time things get bad, there's always someone worse off. Um, and that kind of helped us get over hurdles and things like that. So it was a bit of tough love. So Moira <laughs> Kelly, we, we, we just agree. She, I, I love her parenting. Yeah, that's that's. I'd wonderful. love to have her on our show one day. Yeah, we should get her on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She'll come to the US one day. Yeah. Well, we can do Skype interviews you too. You can. Let's yeah. do that. So, Emmanuel, where do you live now? So I just uh, moved out to LA about four months ago, five, six months ago actually. And, uh, and I'm loving it. I signed on to a record label. He, it's, it's, it's a huge artist. We all know him. Um, they own, he owns the label with, with his partner, business partner, and, uh, they created 
some of the biggest hits today. You would definitely all know uh, the name of this artist, but I can't say who it is. But it's very exciting. So make sure you follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that sort of stuff. It's just Emmanuel Kelly. If you look that up, you'll find me. Um, and, uh, you know, Emmanuel Kelly Official. And uh, you can keep up and I'll be announcing all of that good news over the next few weeks. Because I know you have some really good news. You got a, a phone call yesterday that kept you up till three in the morning. You were so excited I that do. you can't share yet. I can't, but I can tell you that um, the biggest band slash artist in the world uh, wants to do a duet with me, which is pretty amazing. These guys have sold over 50 million albums. Um, so that's a bit of a clue, I guess. Mm. I'm excited for that to happen and yeah. for you to be able to officially talk yes. about it. I want to go back and ask you a bit about X Factor. Had you been preparing for that audition for months or years or kind of take us back to how that, that process went? I auditioned for uh, Australia's Got Talent the year before X Factor. And so I auditioned for Australia's Got Talent and didn't, didn't actually make it through. I sang Hallelujah and I didn't make it through. And then a year later, X Factor, or two years later, X Factor started up and they gave us a call, or gave mum a call and said, you know, does Emmanuel want to audition? Um, and mum's like, no, 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 he's been really bad at school and, you know, all this sort of stuff. But then she, you know, a bell rang in her, in her brain, you know, one of those, those uh, lights that just turn on, ting. Um, so that happened and she realised, actually, no, I could bribe him. I could tell him that he can audition under the condition that he would, you know, up his grades. And I thought, oh, that's a good deal. So she gave me the deal and I thought, yeah, that's a good deal. That's easy. I knew that I could get A's and B's. I just didn't want to. I just, and so um, she let me audition and I, I trained for about three, four months, had a singing teacher, all that sort of stuff, chose a number of different songs. But Imagine was not the song I chose. I chose Home and then the second song I chose was Just The Way You Are by Bruno Mars. And I thought, yeah, they're cool songs. We, you know, we put them in and we submitted them. And then they asked for a third song. So I gave them Imagine. Just, you know, I'd learned that song as a kid, but I hadn't sung it for like four years, you know. And so on the day of auditions, I walked in and they said, okay, Manuel, are you ready? Your track uh, Imagine will start playing in, uh, in a, you know, as soon as you walk out and tell your story. I go, we'll, we'll, we'll go back. Just, just rewind a little bit. You said, imagine. He goes, yeah. I go, I didn't choose that. I haven't even practiced that for like four years. And they're like, we couldn't get the other two songs, um, other two songs. Uh, um, the approval. Approval or... of the other two songs. Exactly. Yeah. And I said, and I said, yeah, but why didn't anyone tell me this? And they go, oh, no one called you yesterday? I go, no, no one did call me yesterday. I go, all right, well, you got two minutes. Here's my laptop. Start rehearsing. So I had about two minutes. The song's a three-minute song, what I had. I had about two minutes to rehearse the song. And then they called me up two minutes later, and they go, okay, you're going on stage in five minutes. You got to, we got to get you on, on the side stage. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I walked out, and I think it was just one of those things that was just meant to be. You know, I don't think a mat, I don't think Home or any other of those songs would have had as much meaning or as much of a punch as Imagine did. And I think that was just, you know, it was just happening in, you know, if you believe in God or, or whatever religion you believe in, or I think whatever it was that day, whether it was God or, or spirituality of some sense, 
it had a plan, fate, whatever it is, it had a plan. And, and that was for me to sing Imagine that day, um, even if I didn't know the lyrics. So <laughs> I was, uh, I got on stage and I did my thing and, and I, I just started singing and, and boom, shakalaka, it happened. <laughs> wow. Emmanuel, we're approaching 22 minutes. This has been so much fun. So there's probably a lot of people listening thinking, when's he going to sing? When is he going to sing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you share something? I can, I can sing a song for sure. Right. I'll, I'll do a bit of a mashup. So you may say I'm a dreamer. Oh, yes. But I'm not the only one. No, no. I hope someday. You join us, and the world will live us. It might seem crazy what I'm about to say. Sometimes she's here, you can take a break. I'm a hot air balloon, we can go to space. With the air, like I don't care, baby, by the way. Because I'm happy, clap along if you feel like a room without a roof. Because I'm clap along if you feel like that's what you want to do. Because I'm happy, clap along if you know what happiness is to you. Because I'm clap along if you feel like happiness is the truth. Oh, yeah. Something like that. That is Yay. awesome. You know any other songs like about <laughs> humility? Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> you want to sing it with me? Oh, sure. Let's do it. Ready? One, two, three. Oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. That's all I know. Proof that Scott cannot sing. There you go. Absolutely. There you go. That's awesome. Hey, thank you for joining us. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks, guys. Cheers, mate. Thanks for listening to Life in 22 Minutes. If you liked what you heard, tell your friends about us and please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review. Your review will help us to broaden our audience. Until next time, don't wait for things to be perfect. Get out there and live life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love.